Welcome to a special episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you could follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals. You could get us at TalkingRivals.com. You could also find your our podcast wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. And you can also follow Patrick at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself at CP7NY. And you could also find us on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling of all the other great shows on there. So, Patrick, what's going on, man? Special episode today. Yeah, good episode coming up with our good friends from uh, Windy City Digits, um, Carl and Vic. Uh, but before that, it's it's just good to have baseball back. Get some spring training games. Uh, the Red Sox first full game ended in a in a walk off strikeout call because of <laughs> because of the pitch clock, and it was very <laughs> weird ending the tie. But that's going to be guess, that's baseball in twenty twenty three. Yep. But getting used to the pitch clock and everything. But now this episode's going to be fun because we're going to talk about White Sox and the Cubs, and I'm high on the Cubs this year, so they're my uh, my my pick to click. So we'll see if they work out as good as the Phillies did last year for me. Yeah, guys, just I'm just going to give you guys a little. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Patrick, before the season started, picked the Phillies to get to the World Series. So really, that's you know, uh... yeah. Pretty amazing. Uh, broken yeah, clock's got to be right twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I, I thought he was a little nuts and maybe, you know, drinking something a little too much or smoking <laughs> something a little too much, but he turned out to be right. So I always give him credit for that. I hope you put some bets on that. No, uh, I didn't, sadly. <laughs> I should I should have played the long game, the odd game, but. <laughs> well, so, uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and where we can find you and how you started maybe a little bit, and then we'll jump into uh, Cubs and White Sox talk. Yeah, Patrick, Chris, thanks for having us on. Uh, my name is Carl, and uh, my podcast partner here, Vic, uh, we're Windy City Digits. Uh, you can find us on YouTube um, and on Twitter um, at Windy City Dig uh, on Twitter. Uh, we originally started as an, M- an NBA podcast, um, but we switched over to just talking about Chicago sports. Vic and I are uh, uh, lifelong Chicago sports fans, we go way, way back. Um, I go back as far as with the Bears as like Walter Payton. Um, and uh, we obviously we went through the Bulls dynasty and all of that. So we're big sports fans, Chicago sports fans. Um, and we're just like excited, like you guys, we're excited to talk about baseball. Now, Vic is a Cubs fan. Um, I am a Sox fan. It's not as big as a rivalry as uh, Yankees Red Sox because you guys get to play each other. You know, that's, you know, that's, you know, goes back in the annals of, of baseball history, but it's fun whenever we get to see them play each other and uh, kind of see each other, uh, you know, compete and uh, just see how the both teams do in, uh, in Chicago. Cool. Welcome guys. Appreciate you guys coming on, man. Um, Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, how about we start with the White Sox? Is that all right? Okay. Um, yeah, that's great. My, my first question and then Patrick could take over. Um, I just, I, I, last year, I think most of us, um, I would say 99% of the people in baseball had the White Sox winning that division and kind of running away with it too. I didn't think anybody was going to come close to them last year. Mm-hmm. What exactly went wrong with them last year? Well, 
<laughs> I know it's a long I, answer, I, probably, but I, I think it starts with you know we we had some injuries, but I think uh, it starts honestly with the manager, um, with Larusa. Larusa just I, I get he's a Hall of Fame manager, um, but he just had no energy, uh, and he did, tried to do a lot of things the old school way. And we have a lot on in the White Sox. It's a young team. I mean, these are modern day players and play the game. I mean, look at Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is the the leader of this team, and he's got a lot of swag and a lot of energy. Uh, he wears it on his sleeve. He does the backflip thing. And I don't know if Tony really cared for that a lot, uh, to be honest. And I think it just kind of brought the whole team down. And once they kind of, uh, I would say even, I would even say by like May, like we knew it was going to be a long season. It was just going to be a struggle all year. So isn't that isn't that sad though that you have to depend on a motivating coach mm. to uh, to win some games over there on the south side, Carl? Well, like the part part <laughs> of it is because the team's so young. We really had no veteran leadership, you know, per se. Outs maybe a couple pitchers, but there was no one really that was vocal uh, and kind of pointing direction of the team. And it, it almost felt like the clubhouse was afraid to say anything or to do anything. Um, and, and I don't know how it is for you guys out there on the East Coast, but, you know, for, for me as a Sox fan, the ownership here, Jerry Reinsdorf is such a huge um, negative factor for us. Um, you know, he doesn't go out in free agency and spend money when we have a chance to win. He doesn't want to go out and get that, that, that big name free agent. This offseason, we did nothing in the offseason absolutely zero that is um, accurate team. so uh yeah with you guys like i i see it from the inside i don't necessarily you know necessarily see what people from the outside see but uh, the Sox fans it was obviously a huge disappointment because just like you guys we saw the talent on this team and it was just a wasted year that's the only way i can put it just a wasted year well they weren't hitting the long ball either carl they you know they were um you know, they had guys on that team that just didn't um, meet their expectations. Um, one night their pitching was stellar. They couldn't hit the ball. And then the next night they couldn't pitch. So, yeah, yeah that's a struggle. So, yeah, I was going to I was going to ask. I was looking at the White Sox uh, moves this offseason and I was trying to come up with a question about <laughs> what what direction they were going in. But and I couldn't I couldn't come up with one because other than other than Ben Intendi, I was surprised at the lack of moves the White Sox made. Um, is it true, though, that I saw, did I read this right, that Ben Intendi was the largest free agent contract in, in White Sox history? Yeah, that's true. Wow. Did that That's yeah, true. That, I did a double take when I saw that. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, it, it could have been, yeah, it could have been a couple years. It could have been um, Jose Abreu, but he took a hometown discount to stay with the team. So he didn't sign. And that's kind of what I'm talking about with Reinsdorf. Um, you know, he's in the third largest market in the in Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I get the Cubs are in town also, but he's still in the third largest market. He's got a pretty good TV contract and uh, he just refuses to spend money. You know, like if you look at our roster, we have talented players on our team. But if you look at their salaries, it doesn't compare to, you know, like what you guys put out on the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Dodgers, um, the Giants, you know, it doesn't compare at all. So, um, yeah, it's the only other, the only other name we added in the offseason, Elvis Andrews. And that was like a week ago. Right. Um, yeah. 
they have him play second base. So other than that, and then we signed the guy from San Diego who's under a lot of controversy, I think it was Clevenger yeah. um, that we signed. Uh, he was the big name pitcher, but he's under so much controversy right now. Like I, I don't, I don't even know what we're going to get out of him this year. So uh, it's basically the same team as last year uh, with the addition of Ben Attendi. And a new coach. And a new coach. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think that's enough to put them back up top in that division or you still uh, think second or third best? You know, the, the one thing about the central is I don't, I don't know how they do it every year. It seems to be smoke and mirrors, but every year um, Cleveland and Minnesota, I don't know how they do it. They do it with a bunch of no-name players every year and somehow they come out of nowhere and one of those two ends up being competitive and either wins the division, takes a wild card spot. Um, I think we have enough. Um, it's just a matter if they play up to their potential, but every year Cleveland and Minnesota just scares the hell out of me in this division um, because of, 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 you know, Cleveland's got an excellent manager. Um, you know, he seems to be able to get the best out of his players every year. And that's kind of what I'm talking about where with Larusa, like Larusa just couldn't motivate our players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they got a great manager in in Minnesota. They get a manager in Cleveland, and every year they get the one hundred percent max out of their players every year. We just for some reason can't do it on the south side. You know what the south side's going to end up doing? Is they're going to be like the Bulls? They're going to choke in the beginning of the season, not hit the ball, and not be able to be get motivated again, Carl? Because yeah. the south- that's the the Sox are exactly like the Bulls team, you know. They've got talent, but they have no motivation, and they're not going to be able to do it just because a, a good coach is on the sideline. Yeah, I think the one disappointing thing right now as a Sox fan, the biggest disappointment is what I don't hear uh, coming out of spring trainings. I don't hear, "Look, we're out to prove everyone wrong. We're out to prove everyone that last year was a fluke. You know, we're out to prove everyone that we're a good team and that you know we deserve to be." you know, toward the top. I don't hear any of that talk um, from the team. Um, you know, if I was on that as a Sox fan, I want this team to be pissed. Like, I want this team to be upset about what happened last year. And I want them to come out, you know, guns blazing from the start. Um, but it's going to be tough. You know, we had a tough loss losing Liam Hendricks for a part of the season um, due to his uh, illness, to his, you know, uh, cancer diagnosis so we're going to lose him he's our motivation one of our motivational guys also so it, it, there's just a lot of things a lot of unknowns right now at the start and as a Sox fan I, I just I don't know what I'm hoping for the best but I just don't know what to expect I, I'll, I'll be honest Carl like I don't understand like how do you not have motivation as a team especially on top of just normal like I want to win the World Series but on top of you're in a city. You're in a city. You're battling another team in that city, like with the Yankees and Mets. Yeah, we don't play them. Well, now we play them every year because of interleague play. But before that, you still wanted to finish higher than them. You know, it was always about a battle of the the back pages and stuff like that. So, I just for that reason alone, there should be enough motivation. And then on top, listen, we got a good enough team to make it to the World Series here, right? Yeah, I totally agree. There yeah, should be you know, enough. I, I don't understand why there's not enough. Look, the, 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 so just to kind of give you some background on how it is here in Chicago, look, Sox fans understand as much as we want to be the top dog in Chicago, 
we understand that every year this is a Cubs town. Right. They don't act like it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, Mets even, fans if, don't even when we won me. the World Series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when we won the World Series back in 2005, our parade dwarfed in comparison to when the Cubs won their World Series, right? I mean, uh, we just understand that's just how it is. Sox fans are passionate. They 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 have a ton of energy, and when you come to the ballpark, you feel it. They're all excited. Um, but for some reason with this team, and I don't know if it's just because we have a younger team. I don't know if it's just because we have a lot of um, players and you know, this is not meant to be negative, but we just have a lot of players that don't speak English, you know, like they, they're, they're, they're from Cuba. They're from Mexico. Like they're, they're Puerto Rico, right? Mm -hmm. Some of our biggest names, uh, Luis Robert, right? Eloy Jimenez. They prefer to speak, do all their interviews in Spanish. Jose Abreu, the entire time he was here for over 10 years, I don't ever remember him doing an interview in English, right? He did everything. And so I don't know if that's part of it, just, the, their laid back style, the way that they just handle their business. I don't get it, but Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks are the only two guys that seem to be out there on a daily basis, just wearing their heart in their sleeve, just trying to bring the energy every single day. Um, I, I don't get it either as a Sox fan, but I, I guess just, just kind of how it is with us. And even yeah. when we're winning, like two years ago, when we were winning. I mean, there was some energy on the field and they showed some energy on the field, but it was still very calm. And I still think that was with Larusa. Like it was always very tempered, like enjoy it for 24 hours, come back tomorrow, go get back to work. Even when we won that field of dreams games, when Tim Anderson hit that game winning home run off the Yankees. Sorry about that. I hate to bring up that memory, but That's okay. <laughs> um, um, even when he won, hit that, like the Sox, you know, Sox fans were like, pumped like they were jacked up they were excited about the whole thing but like the next day it was just like business as usual like there was no excitement with the team they were just very business as usual so i i just i get i'm hoping that pedro grafal the new manager comes in and changes that but you know like i said i, I think a lot of it had to do with larusa as the manager hmm. okay yeah my question would be the manager I don't know much about the new manager um, looking at it from outside of Chicago. Uh, when I heard that you guys hired this manager, I had to do a double take and kind of look into his, into his background. What are, what are the expectations for him as a manager? Do you, do you know much about him? Is he more of a player's manager? Or is he hands-on kind of rah-rah? Yeah, I, I know he started in Seattle. Um, and it, with their player development, worked a lot with their minor league players. Um, a lot of the players they have now on that team that did really well last year, um, they seem that uh, Pedro Gafal seemed to work with a lot of those kids and helped to develop a lot of that talent that they had. And I know he came from, came to us from Kansas City, and he's done a pretty good job, I think, with developing some of their players. Um, but it's twofold. I think my answer is twofold to your question. I think he's going to be good for our young players because he's going to be able to relate to him. Um, again, he seems to be very fluent in Spanish. So he's going to be able to communicate with those players. Um, they've already had a lot of videos about him communicating with him. Um, but look, again, and I hate to keep going back to this. To me, this goes back to the whole Reinsdorf thing, because he didn't want to pay money to go out <laughs> there 
big big time manager to manage the team he he's always gone like the underneath route and i think our general manager rick Hahn is kind of strapped he went with the best guy i think available i think he had, he had a, a um a choice a couple years ago larusa was not his guy he was going to go in a different direction i think he got overruled said we're bringing in larusa i think this was the best that rick Hahn could do under the circumstances um, and get a guy out there who has a pretty good reputation of working with young players to be able to manage his talent. Now, I hope that this is the guy, but I think this is still one manager away. I think this is the guy that's going to try to get the most out of this team. I don't know if he's going to get us over the finish line. I feel like there's another manager out there that's going to get us over the finish line, but I think this guy's coming in right now because we still have a very young team and I think he's bringing in to try to get the most out of these guys. I just don't know if he has the experience to get us over that finish line to get us a championship. That sounds pathetic. It is. It does actually <laughs> for, you know, a big market team. This, this doesn't sound right. It just, you're almost sounding and, and you're playing, like I said, you're playing in a city that you're battling for the, you know, for the back pages, you're, you're battling to be, you know, the champion of the city. Not just, you know, especially you're the you're the underdog. Like I'm trying to put yourself in the Metchus here in, in New York, and you can see what Cohen's doing. He's just blowing money like crazy. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. He's just trying to sign yeah. everybody. I'm not saying Reinsdorf should should go to that route either, but I mean, I just don't I still don't understand the team itself. Like I don't I don't want to be the you know, the little brother. I'm I am the little brother in my family, but I don't want to be the little I I always want it to be better than my my older brother. Always. And in yeah. this, right, you want to be I, the Cubs. Why are they getting all the, you know, we're, we're the better team. We should be, we should be getting the back pages. We should be the best team here. So I, I don't understand that at all. I, I totally, I, we, look, Vic, and I, <laughs> Vic and I talk about this all the time, right? I mean, <laughs> the are always at a disadvantage. The, the stadium is not in a great location. It's very hard to get to. Yeah. Majority of the Sox fans that, that live around the state get to it, but other Sox fans that that want to get to the stadium, it's mu it's probably ten times easier for them to get to Wrigley Field on the north side to go watch a game. That's why when the Sox go play at Wrigley Field, there's so many Sox fans at Wrigley Field because it's way easier for them to get there than it is all the way to Sox Park. Um, my son just got a job with the White Sox this year, and I'm excited about it because I'm able to watch the games. Awesome. But like for me, still. <clears throat> To, just to, from where I live, just to get to Sox Park, it's over an hour drive for me to get to Sox Park. Wow. Um, and that's without traffic. Once I have to go through the actual city to get there, if I get if I have to drive through traffic, that's easily an extra half hour for me. So 90 minutes there, by the time the game's over, I'm not home until like 11, 11.30, 12 at night. So we're always up against it as Sox fans. That's just kind of the culture that's accepted but Reinsdorf's not an idiot like Reinsdorf's not stupid he knows that no matter what he's going to collect his money he's going to get the same amount of money and even if he, he'll, he'll sign an occasional free agent just to keep the fan base happy but uh, he's never going to go out there and get the big name at the trade deadline he's never going to get the big name manager um, you know because he just doesn't want to spend the money he's you know, I hate to say it, but he's a smart businessman. He knows that, look, I'm still going to get my money one way or the other. If I spend extra money, I'm not going to get an extra return on my investment. 
Um, and that's just the way he, that's the way he manages the bulls. That's the way he manages the sacks. Unfortunately, that's why that when Ricketts came in and bought the Cubs, um, they just went out there. They spent a ton of money. They renovated the whole entire area. They're generating a ton of revenue on the North side. Um, but Reinsdorf will never, ever, uh, unfortunately, uh, as long as, you know, as long as he's still owner of the team, this is just kind of what we're strapped with the Sox fans. Okay. <clears throat> so um, we, we were talking before the uh, podcast uh, with Liam Hendricks, you know, the, the whole cancer battle and we're, we're praying and hoping that that ends, you know, hopefully it, it doesn't drag on and hopefully he could fight this. Um, yeah. is there Number one, is there any chance that he returns this year and who's going to be the closer until he does, if he does at all return? So it sounds like it's going to be a little bit by committee. They, they are hopeful. I mean, he's been with the team, hanging out a little bit with the team. I think they're hopeful to have him back around the all-star break. Uh, optimistically, it would be around June. Um, the hope is that, for sure, they'll have it at some point this season, but most optimistically, I think they're thinking around June. Um, there's a couple of guys that could do uh, the closer role, um, but just sounds like right now, until they kind of um, um, kind of solidify one. Um, Garrett Crochet was a guy that we had on the roster a couple of years ago. Left-hander, fireballer, reminds me a lot of Chris Sale um, as a pitcher. Uh, he was hurt all of last year. He's coming back this year, so sounds just like Chris Sale right there. Yeah, he's a big six six kid, two thirty, fireball left hander, like over hundred miles an hour on his on his fastball. Um, you know, he was out last year with arm problems. They 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 uh, shut him down even before the season started. Um, he's a guy they could put in there, but he hasn't pitched in a year. Uh, Matt Foster is another guy they could put in there. Kendall Graveman's another guy. Uh, they could have in there. They had a guy last year, Jimmy Lambert, uh, toward the end of the season, uh, pitch in relief. He was originally a starter, but he did really good in relief last year. So they've got some different options, but I don't think we're going to solidify on one guy. Uh, Joe Kelly's another guy, possibly also. But um, I think Joe Kelly's going to be the first guy to get the shot at the closer role to start with. But it just sounds like to me it's going to be by committee to start. Okay. Hey. Big thing is hopefully we see Liam Hendricks back at some point. Yeah, this year. for sure. That's the big thing. Yeah. Uh, he's a good My team. last question as far as the White Sox go is uh, Tim Anderson, his future with the White Sox. Did, did they allow him to go to free agency? Because as a Red Sox fan, I know that with Xander Bogarts, it just, it just hung over like a cloud over the team. And a lot of questions are going to be with Anderson. Well, you know, does He's on a hot streak. Does this increase his value uh, or he's starting off slow? Is this because of uh, him being a free agent coming up? So do you see him re-signing, getting an extension with the White Sox or playing it out and going free agency? I think the only way he comes back to the White Sox is if he takes a hometown discount. We talked about it earlier. Yep. Ben Attendee is the highest paid free agent ever in the history of the White Sox. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see. That's just funny. Yeah, I don't see uh, – Tim Anderson is a perennial, you know, top five uh, average hitter in, in the American League, right? Shortstops are always in demand. Um, you know, as much as he loves Chicago, as, as much as he loves the South Side, next year that guy's going to get paid. You know, and, and I hate to see him go, but 
I just don't see, based on everything I've said here with you guys today, I just don't see Reinsdorf opening up the checkbook and signing him to a big deal. I mean, his contract next, his next contract is going to be huge. Um, he's proven, you know, like he's a proven hitter. His defense at times isn't the greatest, but um, it's an offensive league now, you know, and you need guys that can handle the bat. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up with, you know, um, the Dodgers, you know, or, you know, somewhere in the, in the national league, you know, with someone that's got a lot of money and has, or the Padres or the giants or someone like that. Um, you know, um, the one out there, we've had a lot of big name freezers over the last couple of years. Um, and we just haven't said, look, we just let, uh, Jose Abreu go. Um, you know, we've had a couple pitchers leave in the last couple of years. Um, and so and we, the Yankees just signed one of our guys. Um, and I apologize. His name escapes me right now. Um, the left-hander uh, that pitched for us a couple of years ago. So, oh, like, Rodon. Rodon, right. Rodon was huge for us, and we let him walk. Yeah, um, that was a big mistake. That was, yeah. To me, that was one of the biggest mistakes the Sox did last year. They were missing him. Yeah, and Rodon has proven himself, right? He's a quality left-hander. He's going to get you – 200 innings every year, um, high strikeout guy. Um, so if we're not signing guys like like that, you know, I, I just don't see that us signing Tim Anderson. So does so does Anderson become a, a hot commodity around the trade deadline, maybe? I think it all depends on where we are in the playoffs, to be honest. I, I, but here's the thing that wouldn't shock me. If we were two games out of first place, it wouldn't shock me if they traded him. Hmm. Yeah, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, everyone, White Sox fan, know about the about the famous white flag trade. We were literally four games out of first place, uh, in at the end of July, and we made a huge trade, and basically said, and Reinsdorf basically said, "Look, we have no shot to win the division. We had like sixty games left to go in the season. We're four games out. You know, we were we were playing pretty well, and like the the whole air went out of the balloon type thing." Um, so it nothing would surprise me. I hope he stays with the team. I hope we do well this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if if we're we're not in first place at the time of the trade trade deadline, and someone offers us a pretty good deal uh, for Tim Anderson. It wouldn't surprise me to see him go. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we good with the White Sox, Patrick? Or you got any more? Yeah. Questions? Yeah, I think so. Uh learned a lot about the White Sox. Definitely. Um, <laughs> and looking at the Cubs, I, look, I'm high on the Cubs, like I said before. I, I guess I'll start with what scares me about the Cubs or is two things. Is their bullpen and does Marcus Stroman, which way does he go? Because this year is a big year for him. I, I would. So if those are questions, sure. Uh, I'm trying to make them into questions instead of statements, but what scares me is the closing, the closer for the Cubs and Marcus Stroman. So if you want to tackle those, Vic. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Um, you know, I was looking at the closer role. Um, they're talking about having Adbert Alzelay possibly possibly be a closer after being injured. Um, they don't have a guy that's been successful in the closer role uh, they have quite a few guys that have been um, good in relief pitching. Um, I honestly, 
I honestly kind of want to see Keegan Thompson in that that uh, closer role. Um, I think they're talking about taking Keegan Thompson, who really was not meant to be a starter last year, did really well in a starting role. Um, but he he honestly, he typically only lasted like five innings. So if his pitch count was low, maybe he'd go to six innings. But um, I think Keegan Thompson would is is going to end up being one of our closers, possibly with Adbert Alzelay. So I, I think it's going to be similar right now until the Cubs could shore up who's going to who's going to be um, best for that role. It's going to be a closure by committee. They're also talking about um, Boxberger, who they signed being possibly in that role and um, Brandon Hughes, who's a lefty and is a converted outfielder to a left-handed pitcher, relief pitcher. So those are the guys that they're talking about, but I, I completely agree with you. They don't have somebody who's been a solid closer. So that's a huge if. Huge if. Okay. And then talking about Marcus Stroman, uh, I think we were all excited about, um, signing Marcus Stroman other than we were kind of worried about his him being a head case and he started off the year shaky he started he um, started um, coming around the second half of the year and that kind of went hand in hand with the with the Cubs they um, I think they had one of the better records in the second half in the majors um, even though you know they 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 were far behind and and even making uh, the wild card but uh, he his, uh, he started coming back, pitching more reliably. Um, so, but but those, those are those are two huge questions. I'm not so worried about the rest of their starters, um, Strowman, uh, except for maybe Kyle Hendricks, who I thought we should have traded. Um, I think he's kind of at the tail end of his uh, usefulness, honestly, as a Chicago Cub. Although a lot of Cubs fans would disagree with me. Yeah, I I think what they're lacking is a is an ace. Yes, right? they don't have that. They have good two, three, fours there, but I don't see an ace. I I would totally agree with you. Um, now maybe Justin Steele develops into that. He had one heck of a season um, for a rookie, um, but uh, only time will tell. My concern is we had some guys that um, had some really successful years like Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele. And if those, if those two can repeat that, and then you've got Talon, um, Stroman, and we're talking about a Cubs team, I think that, yeah, I'm high on, but if they don't have some uh, kids uh, reproduce what they did last year, if we don't have some career years from guys that, um, that have shown in the past, then I'll be a little bit more concerned, but uh, I still think this team is at least a 500 team or better. Yeah, I agree, especially with all the additions this this offseason. Yeah, I agree with that. Sure. I, had a, I got a question for you guys. So you guys are um, what if that's all right? Uh, you no. had your Red Sox and Yankees fan. Who is your all time favorite player on both of those teams? Ooh. <laughs> Because the Red Sox, honestly, as a Cubs fan growing up, you know, between the Cubs, Sox, and the White Sox, you know, the longest um, time of not winning a championship, I love the Red Sox. So I'm just curious what you guys think. The favorite favorite player in the whole, in all time organization wise, I would say it's got to be Ted Williams. But favorite player I've seen play, 
uh, probably Dustin Pedroia. Uh, oh, just cool. undersized, gritty, kind of. He's the type of guy that you'd love if he's on your team and you can't stand that he's not. Is that like Tim Anderson to you guys? I could see that, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, I'm interested to see what I, – I know what Chris's all-time is, but I'm interested to see what his favorite player now is. Yeah, all time, it's uh, definitely Don Mattingly. Um, anybody growing up, you know, same time as me. Uh, I, I was, yeah, Mattingly is definitely the answer. Probably 10 out of 10 fans will say that same thing. Um, you know, and then obviously later on, you know, Jeter, of course, Rivera, that whole uh, that whole team was just amazing. Hard yes. to get one guy off that team. Um, but, you know, like now um, – it's hard because I, I'm probably between two guys, three guys, but I'll I'll give you a couple of names. Garrett Cole, I love, I just love his demeanor up there. He's still our ace. I know a lot of people are like, well, he gives up too many home runs and all that. He's still our ace, and I I, I love him, and he's definitely uh, he, he's definitely our best pitcher starting wise right now. So, um, but another guy I, I love, you know, other than Judge. Everybody loves Judge, but um, I, I I like Stanton. I I like oh, him. Boy. I know. Uh, yeah, I, like I know. Him. I know. <laughs> I know oh, Patrick boy. hates Stanton, hates and I'm probably most people outside of New York <laughs> probably hate him. But I I like him just because, you know what? And and we talk about it all the time. I think Patrick says it right. One one at bat, he can hit the ball 600 feet, and then the next at bat, he looks like he's never swung a bat in his life. Yeah, you know, he's swinging at a pitch in the dugout he'll swing at it you know and <laughs> it's just unbelievable like you just don't know what you're going to get with this guy but he does hit he does hit those dramatic home runs at times you know the uh the big home runs in Fenway Patrick could remember a couple of years ago and he just Still I don't know for that ball to land. yeah he just I don't know he's just such a he's a he's an anomaly a quirky guy I don't know what he is but he's just I like him and he's got a He's got a little bit of attitude to him when he hits the home runs. And I like that. That's something that I feel like even in our, the heyday of the nine, the late nineties, early two thousands, we missed, we didn't have that arrogant guy on the team that probably pissed off everybody else. Yeah. Um, and we just, we didn't have that. I don't know what the, the right attitude sometimes because Boston, especially, you know, as we got into it, Ortiz just destroyed us, destroyed That's us. Not, they they never, they never off. tried to knock him off the pa the plate at all. You know, at least I don't want to say hit the guy. I'm not into that, but at least throw inside, make him feel uncomfortable. And they never did. And that, that always irked me, you know, meanwhile, Pedro was hitting our guys, you know, whenever he wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if Stanton was any, Stanton was on any other team, I think he'd give Judge a run for his money for home runs. I mean, it's amazing you got both those guys on the same team, but Stanton's so talented. Like, I think if he was on any other team, I think he'd – I I honestly think he'd hit more home runs um, yeah, on mean, another team. He just has to stay healthy. bad year and he hits 30. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just – I'm jealous of, of uh, being a New York Yankees um, fan. I mean, I think most – most uh, teams around the country would be like, why can't our owners try and compete at a level that the Yankees do each and every year? And now I think the Cubs started doing that with um, 
their new owner, but then he took a back seat, sold a whole bunch of guys, which in hindsight was probably a pretty good choice because they, they, you know, they were underperforming, but man, I'm jealous of the Yankees. I, I don't know listen, if the Red Sox fans feel the same way, but I think I, they've done a better job in recent years. And you know no, what? I definitely respect the Yankees consistency and that the standard is the standard. If that makes any sense, it's like absolutely. I think it's thirty straight years of a winning record. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just it's incredible. Um, uh, you know what? I'll I'll just add to it because I we we just seen earlier today just it just happened right. Uh, Machado got extended by the Padres. The Padres are spending money like crazy, and they're yeah. considered and they are a small market team. So absolutely. This just proves that these small market teams got to spend more money. Like, I don't want to hear the Royals not being able to spend at least a hundred million dollars or, you know, like, and we, you know, we talked about the Orioles after last season. We're like, that's going to be a team to watch this off season. And they did nothing, you know, like you made that nice run last year with this young team, go out and sign a big name free agent to add to that team. And let's see if they can compete in that American league East. I don't know if they are now because they didn't take that next step in you know, free agency. They didn't go after someone big. And I, I, I'm i tired of hearing these teams that can't spend, like Pittsburgh, they're crying over signing yeah. Brian Reynolds. And Brian Reynolds is not even asking for a lot of money, right? Did you see that ask? He's asking for like $17 million a season? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I am thankful for one thing. The Cubs are in a division and the Sox are also in a division that's kind of ripe for the picking. I mean, they – yeah. I mean, besides the Cardinals, um, I'm not completely sold ever on the Milwaukee Brewers, to to be quite right. honest. I think the Cubs could probably finish third or second, depending on, you know, some of these newcomers' years, if they can revive like a Bellinger and you've got some of these other contributors like Swanson hitting, hitting bombs at Wrigley Field and he has a career year like he did last year. I don't, you know, I think the Cubs could compete for the wild card. I agree. Um, I, Why yeah, is yeah, no, like, like you said, the, the, the Brewers, I'm, I'm never sold on the Brewers, right? They have really good pitching, but their lineup is, you know, like last year, it hasn't really gotten much better from last year. Last year it was okay, but it's yeah. not to me a, a team where you're like, Oh, that's a team we got to beat, you know? And the Cardinals are the Cardinals, the Cardinals every year. That's one thing I give them credit to. Like you just said about the Yankees, I think yep. the Cardinals too, right? Every year they just, whoever the hell they start, you know, whoever they bring up from the minors, they're yep. always these great players, no matter who they are. And it's just amazing. And the only thing with the Cardinals that they're missing, and I think it's like with you guys, is do they really have that ace starter? And I don't know if they do. I don't I, I don't think they do either. So, like, yeah. I, I mean, you could flip a coin, I think, uh, for the NL Central as well as the yeah. AL Central this year. Um but there, I, I don't see anybody in either one of those divisions winning, uh, winning the championship. Yeah, right. Yeah. You get that one playoff team, maybe two. I, I it's going to be tough to get a second playoff team because you got the the National League East is going to be a beast again. The top three teams, they're going to win ninety plus each probably, and you know the NL West, the Padres. Look what they did. Like we just said, you know they're they're they look like they're going to win the division, and then you got the Dodgers. Dodgers didn't spend any money, but they're still a really good team. Um, and the Giants, I don't know. And Patrick likes the D-backs a little bit too, so they're, they're yeah, going to we'll win. See. They came on strong at the end of last year. Yeah. But 
Uh, we'll see with now with expectations. And I don't like that Dalton Varsho trade, but. <laughs> yeah. So, Patrick, you got anything else for the Cubs? Yeah, my thing is uh, I, I was hearing about Nico Horner, and I, I really like him <clears throat> as a player, all-around good player. Uh, they were talking about maybe doing an extension talk with him. Do you yeah. think they do you think they would not go all in because he's not a player that's going to get a huge amount of money? But I could see them allocating a decent amount for him, considering the rest of their infield isn't taking up much money other than Dansby. Correct. I I I mean, as a Cubs fan, one, I was extremely annoyed that that they didn't uh, often Will, Wilson Contreras a contract and made very little sense to me. Now, listening to some of the reports from spring training, I think people are getting a little salty from Wilson Contreras saying how happy he is at, 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 with the St. Louis Cardinals. But they're talking about how he just wasn't – he concentrated so much on his offense that he didn't take the time to really uh, call a good uh, game um, for his pitcher. So, like um, – I know I'm getting kind of get off topic a little, little here because um, one, I still think they should have signed him. So I'm also behind uh, uh, signing Nico Horner, um, giving him some cash, him and Hap, quite honestly. The Cubs have got to stop, you know, trading guys because that's what they've been doing for the last five years, trading guys um, instead of paying them. Um, I see them signing Nico Horner. And uh, he will be a good leadoff hitter. That's where he's slated. And he is above 300 average hitter. If you get a little pop from him, um, he's a, he's one of the better defenders in the National League up the middle. So I don't I don't know. You I don't see us going wrong by signing him early. Hmm, makes sense. Yeah, and I'll show the team that they're actually going to try and keep guys around now because like I said, the last five years, they haven't been doing that. Um, and uh, Ricketts doesn't seem Ricketts. He's even made comments recently of Nico Horner and Hap. Like if it happens, it happens. Like Cubs fans don't want to hear that kind of garbage, man. We've been hearing that for too long in our history. We thought you came around and we're going to change that. And he's kind of got this blase attitude. Like, Hey, if we, if we do it, we do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, look, you guys, you guys need to sign Horner because on both sides of town, like for some reason, we can't find any second baseman to play for us consistently that play well. You can Horner's have Madrigal the first back. second baseman in a while. Take Madrigal um, back. Madrigal is going to play third base for you guys eventually, but um, mm-hmm. you know, but like Horner is a guy like he's going to solidify your second base position, and it looks like. Even early on, like him and Dansby, they look like they're going to be a pretty good double play combination up the middle. They're going to be phenomenal. Our defense is going to be one of the best. And then what What can Cubs fans expect from Cody Bellinger? Or is that just a huge wild card? Oh, that's a huge wild card. And he, I, he, they're already talking about he is on – he's working on his batting stance. And as a Dodger fan, I think people would have – heard this over the last year that he's been working on his batting stance. They were telling me, I was listening that it's probably his fifth or sixth time in the last two years working on a new batting stance. That's kind of scary. 
the guy's trying to revive his career. He's trying to um, get that launch angle back on the bat without um, striking out as many times as much as he was. So I think that's a, I think that's a big if I, they, uh, from what I hear his strength and his shoulder, um, he had that injury um, when he, what, what, I don't know, did a little forearm hit with uh, one of the guys in the Dodgers. He screwed up his arm because from that, and he's been struggling since that. Supposedly, it's back to full strength. So hopefully, hopefully we see half of what he was. If the Cubs see half of what he was, um, and he's hitting like 25 home runs, 20 to 25, I, I personally would be happy that that that'd be pretty, a pretty decent year for someone who fell from 40 home runs to being kicked off their team. And yeah, big if. That's what's so intriguing. When I look at the Cubs, it's, there's a lot of ifs, but if, if all these question marks come together, you can have a special season. So. Yeah. And, and you're right. That's all, that's all it takes. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, I was actually excited about the, um, getting Hosmer as well. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of funny when, when you look at Hosmer's a three-time um, gold glove winner and people are ripping him at, on the, from over at the Padres of how terrible he was as a defensive a first baseman. Yeah. And he had some lousy plays. You can see anybody's um, plays on YouTube that were terrible, but the guy's still a gold winner at, at first base. And um, yeah, he's maybe he's not going to hit for power like the Padres thought he was, but he, he, the, the guy can hit. So, you know, maybe a yeah, I, th I think he lost a little hit. range, but yeah. to your point, he can still pick it at first base. I don't think yeah. that ever goes away. He's, he's, He's got soft hands and quick reflexes. Yeah. And now if Carl, Carl wants to explain to me how a five, eight second baseman is going to play third base for the, for the Cubs, I would love to hear it. Cause Nick, cause he's already been playing third base in spring training. Pay attention. <laughs> five, eight. He's got no arm strength. That's why he was playing second base. <laughs> well, we'll see. Sox fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. I know I got to go through the same thing with Met fans. <laughs> uh, well, so, um, oh, okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the first base with Hosmer, at least you got Mancini too. So, you know, you could probably, uh, are they going to do um, a, a platoon? platoon at first? It, it sounds like um, Mancini's going to be primarily slotted as the DH. You know, the Cubs also have a guy named Chris Morrell. Um, who came out really strong last year, who he's going to be kind of like that guy that um, fills in in different um, spots. Um, and then I'm, I'm forgetting, why am I forgetting one more name off the top of my head? But uh, uh, Bellinger, Bellinger could play first also, right? Bellinger can, could too. I mean, they've got quite a few guys that, you know, can be slotted over there, but you know, I think Hosmer um, traditionally is obviously better against righties and has not played very well against lefties. So I can see them platooning him, slotting other different people, and they're not necessarily just Mancini. But I guess time will tell. Right. True. I think they're really trying to. They're try. They're really hoping that between Mancini, Hosmer, and Bellinger, 
that they can reestablish themselves here on the Cubs. So I don't know how how keen they are on, you know, putting out there that they're going to start platooning these guys who came over here with some kind of excitement until, you know, until maybe that they really need to do so. So I would say with the Cubs, with everything having to break right for them to have a good year, um, who is their, who's their clubhouse leader? It's it's got to be Swanson. I think yeah. Danny Swanson comes in. He is your new leader, uh, along with probably Ian Happ, because Ian Happ seems yeah. to have had a good clubhouse reputation. Um, and then honestly, you got the uh, Stroman has got a big mouth, but he's, you know, surprisingly, as much of his big mouth he has on social media, he's a positive guy on that club that I think between those three guys, you've got some good leaders on this team. So, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, we, we, we kind of went over with our, uh, when we went over the American League East uh, with X factors on the team, who are your X factors on the Cubs and also on the White Sox? You guys could give us one, one player each. Go ahead, Carl. You go first, bud. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say for us, it's Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech has to have uh, a stellar year. He's got to give us 200 innings. If he can get us 15 wins this year, I think he's the X factor. Okay. Pretty good. That's not not bad, um, Carl. I've got Thanks. I've got I've got so many ifs on the Cubs roster, man. I. <laughs> I, it's really that's that's a tough question. Really good question though. I'm 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 gonna go with our starting pitching, the starting pitching staff. I I'm if our starting pitching can pitch like they did the second half of the season, uh, Cubs are gonna be hard to beat because um, I mean they're 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 betting on their defense more than their offense. So if if our our Cubs starting pitching could keep us in games. Um, I'm kind of liking the odds of us making the wild card. So that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, for the, I think for the Cubs, it's either Stroman or Thompson. Like one of those two guys, I think. Is, I don't is know. Your there's, wild too card. Many, there's too many of them. You got Drew Smiley. You got you got Stroman. You got um, Tyone now. Justin Steele, Tyone. Yeah, I, yeah, to me, I'm not – I mean, I was happy about the Tyone trade um, or pickup, but I'm not like sold on the guy. I don't know. He's not like you said. He's not like an ace. So he's a solid. He'll be a solid, you know, middle of the rotation for you guys. You know, gives yep. you 25, 30 starts and just solid six innings. He's a good starter. Um, you know, is he an ace? No, but he's he's definitely you know worth it to have in your rotation. For sure. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. So we've got you're you're right. We got a solid a bunch of solid twos, threes, fours. Um, if they have career years, I mean, I, you could say that about any team. You know, we're gonna look good. Definitely. You got anything else, Patrick? No. What we usually do to finish up is just, uh, Chris asks a little trivia, and uh, kind of puts me in my place when I don't know <laughs> it, and then that's how we end the episode. Oh, yeah, well, that now you got some help with it with our Chicago guys. So this is um, 
I, someone posted this on Twitter yesterday, so maybe you guys seen it, but I saved it just so that um, maybe I could throw it at you guys. Um, there's only been two sets of battery mates, teammates, that have won the gold glove in the same season more than once. Who are they? And they're it, pretty recent, like within the last 20, 30 years. So we're not going back to like, I'm not asking you guys from the 50s or 60s or whatever. So 20, 30 years. Uh, one is very, one of them is very obvious. And the other one is the total opposite. I'll say it that way. And one is National League, one is American. I think I know half. <laughs> I'm going to say Greg Maddox is a part of something. Like this. No. Wow. No. See, there we go. Yeah, I thought I would have thought that too because he won so many. What does he have? Sixteen starting pitcher, uh, something like that. Yeah, I know he's up there, but I guess he didn't have a Gold Glove catcher. I'll say Wainwright and Molina. That's one. That's the National League one. That's the easy one. Nice job, uh, Shanger. Yeah, yeah. So I try. I tried. So I. I that's, <laughs> that's that. That was the obvious one to me. Yes, that was that was the easier one. Um, this one, uh, this AL? one is tough. I have to say, I, I would have never have guessed it, so I don't blame you guys for not getting it. But it's the American League. Um, the catcher is more obvious; is very obvious than the pitcher. I I didn't remember so the it. Catcher would probably be Ivan Rodriguez. Correct. The pitcher is the hard part. Oh boy. All right. Um, he's a guy that uh, I could tell you who they pitch for or who he pitched for. He pitched for probably a bunch of teams. Was it for the Rangers? Yeah. Uh, yes. Who on earth was a gold glove? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's, it's somebody uh, you would never think of as a gold glove pitcher. <laughs> um, he pitched uh, for a, a bunch of teams. He pitched for both New York teams. He okay. pitched. Um, I'm drawing a blank completely. Yeah, you got me. for Detroit. Uh, Kenny Rogers. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. oh. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. Me either. Would I. He was crafty, though. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's one word that's for it. A good it. way yeah. to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to call him that for the Yankees, but crafty's a good. <laughs> It'd be nice. We'll we'll say crafty. Um... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say I cared for the guy, but he was crafty. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a five-time Gold Glove winner. Surprising. Wow. I that's totally crazy. forgot about that. To be honest, shocking man. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna originally. I was thinking if would did Jamie Moyer ever pitch for the Rangers? That's what I was thinking about. But it's but anyway, to, yeah, that was that was a good good trivia. Thanks. <laughs> someone else. I, I that's not mine. It's I grabbed it off of Twitter over of uh, someone I follow. So I said I'm gonna use this on my uh, on my other podcast. So and he was like, oh, it's no problem. So, but um, yeah, yeah. Never. So again. Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can tell our listeners where to follow you, and uh, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, again, you can follow us on Twitter at Windy City Dig on Twitter, and then also on YouTube. You can catch us on YouTube at Windy City Digits. But thanks, guys. We really did. We do appreciate. It. We had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we love talking sports with uh, people outside of Chicago. Uh, it's good to get other perspectives. So thanks for having us on today. Yeah, Amen. Man. Thanks, yeah. man. And uh, until uh, until next episode, everyone have a good week. Take care, guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye.